Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on this Thursday. Coming up on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, we're going to be counting down to the start of the Duke men's basketball season. Today, we're 53 days away, wanting to talk a little basketball, so let's fill in the blanks. We love doing these segments from time to time, and my good buddy Donald Wine will be a part of the program here with us on today's episode. My name is JJ Jackson. I proudly serve as the host of Lockdown Blue Devils. Make sure that you're following and subscribing to our podcast for free wherever you get them. We're also on YouTube each and every day. Recently surpassed that 500 subscriber mark, which is remarkable. Thank you so much for the support. Now we're trying to get to 1,000. That's our next big goal here with Locked On Blue Devils. All right, coming up, as I said, I've got my good pal Donald Wine from Duke Basketball Report here with us. And uh, Donald, we're getting closer to basketball season, which is certainly amazing. We do have a Duke football team that's 2-0, set to be 3-0 after this weekend's matchup against North Carolina A&T. We hope, yeah, <laughs> but uh, always looking forward to basketball, man. Yeah, it's great to be with you again. 53 days feels like tomorrow. Uh, so let's go, <laughs> I mean, I know you're excited. We're excited about the basketball season. The schedule, you know, coming out gives us that, like, you know, new Christmas Day feeling of, yo, we're very, very close. I think we're all excited. <laughs> If you are a loyal listener to Locked On Blue Devils, you're going to hear me say this a lot over the next few days and weeks. It's a little bit easier to have that countdown for me this season because for the first time in my life, it feels like Duke basketball is actually going to open up on my birthday. On November 7th, Duke will be playing a game. So a little bit easier to count down the days to your birthday. Uh, and then, like I said, being November 7th, I just don't feel like they've ever started on this day before. So <laughs> a little bit easier. Monday. I don't think it's yeah. on Monday. Also, I, you know, my birthday is November 30th. So shout out November babies. You there we go. We're the um, best. I, we have Ohio state on my birthday and we, we need to go ahead and just blast them out. We, we didn't do it last year. We need to do it this year. They, they owe me one. Let's make it happen. We absolutely need to get that payback win against Ohio state this season. All right. So we've got fill in the blank due up today. Uh, your buddy, Jason Evans has done this with me before. A couple of quick topics that we're going to run through and uh, some specific to this upcoming team. But also, Donald, I like going back in time a little bit, reminiscing and uh, just whoever comes to mind for a lot of these. You ready to rock and roll? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So here we go. This is where we're going to start today. Um, let's start sad. Uh, the uh, The first topic here, the NCAA tournament loss that hurts the most is blank. You, UConn, 2004. Wow, that was quick. There will, there will never be what that's. So that was my last game in college. Um, I was in the front row for that game. Um, I still am emotional when I even recall that game. It's the last I've never I haven't been back to San Antonio. That's how bad that loss is for me. Um, we watched the championship game at an Applebee's in San Antonio <laughs> because we just couldn't bear to go uh, watch. And really, I mean, again, that game, we should have had it. There's a lot that happened. I won't get into all of it, but that game, it will forever be uh, the loss that stings the most. That was quick. Uh, that was definitely a, a great answer. Uh, you know, you've got stars on that Duke basketball team, right? I think we all think about J.J. Redick 
uh, and what he's meant to the Duke basketball program and the fact that he walked away without ever winning a national title. I'm sure that loss stings the most for him. It was fouled, by the, the way. NCAA tournament. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Bring it back into existence. 18 years later, and we still want to talk about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's it's This one's crazy for me to think about because uh, th- there's a pride level involved in some of those first-round exits where the jokes are still there and the chirping is still there a little bit. When you think of Lehigh and Mercer, uh, when those two games come to mind, which of those hurt more? Um, it's weird, right? Because you kind of, I, I kind of block those out and people like to use those from time to time. And I go, yeah, that's fine. We've won five national championships. Lehigh and Mercer have not made it to the end. So they can have that one victory. I think if you're going to pick one, it's, for me, it was probably Mercer only because I was in Vegas for the start of the, for the weekend, first weekend of the NCAA tournament. We were the very first game of the NCAA tournament. And by, you know, 11 a.m. On, on the West Coast, we were out of the NCAA tournament. And so I was just like in Vegas bummed, right? Like a lot, with a lot of people, but I had just put, you know, let's let's say it wasn't a, an insignificant amount of money um, placing it on our team to win because I thought we had the tools to at least make it to the final four. It didn't quite happen. There's a part of me that also, I just want to say all the NCAA tournament losses, because again, you just want to win the title every year, you know, but. Um, it's the end of the season. It's the end it's, of the season. It's, there's gotta, finality with that loss, right? I you, mean, if you're going to do another one that kind of hurts, um, 2011, um, I thought, you know, just that, just the way they came back. But also 2019, I was at that game as well. And I still think that might be the be- one of the best teams ever um, that didn't win a title. Uh, so to you know, lose like on the last second like that, it's just those really those really do hurt yeah 2019 and 2018 were coming to mind for me 19 of course that's the zion rj barrett cam reddish if folks aren't as quick at the recall that you and i are donald to to let them wait a minute, what game was in 2019 yeah that was the zion year uh, that things kind of went south and then 2018 grayson allen had a runner against kansas that hit the rim a million times <laughs> to send it into overtime before duke ultimately lost it again the finality of it all we then watched grayson allen who Duke fans absolutely adore, walk off the court for the final time, uh, one win shy of going to a Final Four. So, uh, yeah, after his four-year career came to a close, those are a couple that, that come to mind there. All right, let's let's uh, let's go to our next topic here. The 2010's Duke victory that hits different is blank. Okay, so there's – I know you told me to pick one. I'm going to briefly mention two. Yeah. One that's very easy – the Champions Classic 2018 against Kentucky, again, that Zion, RJ, uh, uh, Cam Reddish year, uh, where they just absolutely just blew the doors off of Kentucky and, and everybody in the country was like, oh, no, these these dudes are going to be a problem. That game is always going to be fun to remember. There's one I think that might top that, and that is at UVA in 2015, like I think the last weekend of January 2015. That was when uh, we had just lost to Notre Dame the next day. Rashid Suleiman is dismissed from the team. Right. And then like a two days later, we go to Virginia, who is number two in the country. And we, we do that. So uh, we win that victory. We get that game six points. The, you know, the first of the first instance we have of Tyus stones hitting that three at the, in the last six seconds to seal the victory. And just really just, again, that primal yell that he had released on the court uh, at the JPJ was, sensational so that and again i think that turned around the season um in a way right we were still one of the favorite teams 
but it made it where we were reduced to eight scholarship players. And then the kind of mantra eight is enough was born on that date, in my opinion. Champions Classic 2018, a remarkable selection. Uh, the Virginia game, absolutely outstanding. Also in 2015, I think about uh, the UNC game in Cameron. Uh, Tyus has a left-handed layup at the rim, and there's a big yell there, job with the and one towards the end uh, when Duke makes a bit of a comeback to win that one. Uh, when I first read this prompt, you know, a win that hits different is blank. One that came to mind instantly for me, Donald, that I'd love for you to comment on uh, was the 2019 ACC tournament against North Carolina when the Tar Heels had beat Duke both times in the regular season. But this was the first time that Duke had a full game's worth of Zion against UNC. And man, that win was outstanding. Just that whole game, right? Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to the point where, you know, you know, UNC takes the lead, we creep back. We take a lead, they creep back. The poignant probably moment was that Zion, when he stole the ball, he ran the length of the court and jumped from what seemingly felt like Charlotte, where I was, to to, to the rim. And uh, I, I don't even remember who the UNC player that was underneath, but him taking one look and saying, I want no part of this. Um, <laughs> and just that punctuating dunk again, and you know, another primal yell. And the entire arena just going absolutely ballistic. Um, that that's a really good one. Um, that's a real. That was again. Those were, that was a, a tense game, but because we won, it becomes a fun game, especially just a very memorable one. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding there whatsoever. All right, this is fill in the blank Duke men's basketball edition. We're having a whole lot of fun. We'll continue with more topics after our first time out here on today's show. Here on Lockdown Blue Devils today, it's Thursday, September 15th, 2022. We want to let you know about our proud presenting sponsor. We've got Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all the latest NFL league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back in here to Lockdown Blue Devils. JJ Jackson alongside Donald Wine the second from the Duke Basketball Report, a uh, part of S Nation. And Donald, as we continue to move forward here, Going on to our next topic, some fill-in-the-blanks for Duke men's basketball. Blank is Duke's biggest what-if of last season. So for last season, I would probably say, what if the offense didn't didn't stagnate when it mattered the most? And I say that because I think there's three big games where our offense kind of went cold at the very wrong time. That was the final regular season game against UNC. That was the ACC tournament final against Virginia Tech, and then it was also against UNC in the Final Four. We had stretches where our defense, not that they were, you know, not moving the ball around or anything like that, but just we couldn't hit anything. And if we are not stagnant, if our offense doesn't stagnate at those points, again, when they matter the most, we send Coach K out of Cameron a winner, we win the ACC title, and we have a chance at least to win the national title. Um and I guess, I mean, there's obviously you can look back at every season and consider what else, but that's probably the biggest for me. 
I mean, it's Coach K's last year, right? They're just so much on the line, so many stakes. Mm -hmm. You want to send him out on top. 42 years doing any job in the world is a really long time. Uh, and to be in such a high-profile position, to have all the talent that he had on this team, a team that goes on to have five draft picks from that squad, you answered it right there. It's just the offense at times. Why did it get so stagnant, as frustrating as it could be, days where uh, I think about that UNC game at home in Coach K's last game, as you're saying, you've got all the former players there. Uh, you've got Paulo shooting the most shots it feels like he did the entire season. and just nobody was efficient. The shots from the outside weren't falling when they needed to this past year. So, yeah, I think those offensive struggles would definitely be the biggest what-if from last year. Absolutely. Uh, it's just hard because, it, again, sometimes it's no fault. Sometimes the ball just doesn't go in the hole. But, right. just, you know, being there just like, oh, if we had done that, just think of the possibilities that could have happened with this team. We could have – I mean, again, that storybook was, was, you know, very rosy. And, obviously, some people look at the final chapter – being that final four, that that final that last chapter could have been, you know, a very, very, very perfect ending. Um, and it just wasn't meant to be. All right. Blank is Duke's biggest what if of the 2010s. Let's go back to uh, the 2010s decade as we've been doing today. Blank is Duke's biggest what if of the 2010s. This one was a difficult. Um, there are a lot that come to mind. There are a lot that come to mind. One that I'll say is kind of uh, secondary to, to my primary one. But the secondary one is. What if we saw a Jason Tatum at full potential and a healthy Harry Giles in 2017? The possibilities of just knowing how Tatum has performed yeah. in the NBA and how he's become yeah. a top five player essentially in the league. If we had seen, you know, more of that at Duke, and it's not that he wasn't great at Duke, uh, but if, if we had unlocked full Jason Tatum, what were the possibilities there? Uh, again, that's a team that, if I remember correctly, won the ACC title or tournament title. Um, and we we could have done a lot of damage in the NCAA tournament with a Jason Tatum that we see now. But I think the primary one is, when we go back to 2019, what if Zion touched the ball in the last five minutes against Michigan State? We're in the Final Four, and again, in my mind, we're, we're cleaning house against Texas Tech, a team we had beaten before, and we're winning the national championship, again, against a team we had beaten before. So uh, I, I think if Zion touches the ball and, and we get looks – get looks at the basket. We weren't a good three-point shooting team in 2019. We struggled at the line at times. We obviously struggled in that game at the line. But Zion didn't really care about that because and ones still mean two points are going on the board and with a chance for three. And he would have had a lot of those opportunities if he, if he had been able to get the ball on the flow of the offense. It's kind of fun to go year by year in the 2010s, but like we did with last season and think about the what ifs that come to mind. I think 2019 is definitely the one that still stings the most because you're right. Just can Zion get the basketball, please, and let him go do what he does. So elite at that level and nobody in college was stopping him. Uh, what does that look like? Can Duke go and win their sixth national championship? In 2011, what if Kyrie Irving never gets hurt? What if Kyrie gets to play an entire season, right? Uh, that one, and then how about this one? What if in 2013 in the NCAA tournament, what if Kevin Ware never suffers that gruesome injury in the tournament game against Louisville? Because that was a really underrated Duke basketball team when we look back at the last decade. You've got Seth Curry, Mason Plumley, Ryan Kelly, that senior class uh, giving it one last ride in the tournament. And if that injury never takes place, sort of a rallying point for Louisville. And Duke did start to fall off. Everybody could after witnessing what had happened on the floor. Uh, but what if that doesn't happen? 
that's those are two great ones um, that Kevin Ware injury. I mean, yeah, that that was again and not to say that I wished that would have happened sure. to us, but if that had happened on our side, we would have won the national championship right. too because anyone would have rallied around a player like Louisville did for Kevin Ware and and understandably so. In 2011, uh, I think, yeah, if Kyrie plays the whole season, honestly, you know, the Michigan State performance that he had, I still consider the best Duke performance I've ever seen in person. Uh, and I saw Zion a lot of times in person, and there's no no shade on him. Um, but if he's healthy and he goes all and plays the whole season, and we see the transformation of Nolan Smith like we did in 2011 after he gets hurt, we have the two best players in the country. Ain't nobody stopping us that year. And it just, again, sometimes those are those are how that's the way the ball rolls sometimes it just it's not always fair I love thinking about the Michigan State game because we're so pro Kyrie Irving here obviously uh forever a part of the brotherhood it's 11 games right and that Michigan State game was so special for for Kyrie and how amazing that he was if the dude just plays an ACC game even one it's like you would have seen another great performance and Mm -hmm. maybe if he's playing a whole season we're forgetting about the Michigan State game because that would have just been the norm. It would have just been like, yeah, that's just – obviously we've seen it at the next level. We see the crazy talent that Kyrie is uh, at the professional basketball level, but it would have just been like, yep, that's Kyrie. That's what he does. Yeah, just – I mean, just like Zion, right? Zion gave us something to remember from every single game. Something. Yeah. Like whether it's a 360 dunk, a block against Virginia, just going for 34 points, you know, jumping up and hitting, basically hitting his head on the backboard against Eastern Michigan. Like those sort of games where like, again, he, he left you with something jaw dropping every single time at the court. And yeah, I think Kyrie would have been that same way if he was able to play a full season. All right, let's talk a couple of more topics. We've got one final timeout coming up here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. Moving forward, make sure that you get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On, like myself, take you across the conference in 30 minutes. Another full slate of ACC football coming up this season. We mentioned Duke playing North Carolina A&T this weekend. I'm on the lookout for that Miami and Texas A&M game. It's a top 25 matchup. The Hurricanes undefeated to start the year and near one of the Mario Cristobal era. And can Texas A&M bounce back from their loss last week to Appalachian State? We're talking about all of those things on Locked On ACC. Make that your second listen and second watch each and every day. Final few moments here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside Donald Wine II. Thanks for watching us on YouTube if you are. Like the video, share it with your friends, subscribe, all that jazz. It means the world when we do that. Donald, before we get into our final fill-in-the-blank topics, what have you guys been up to lately on the Duke Basketball Report? Well, as you mentioned at the, at the top of the show, Duke football is in, in, in the middle of the season. We're going for 3-0 this this weekend against NCANT. Uh, so we're really excited about that. But also, again, just a lot, we have some guests coming up. We just recently had Kim Pomeroy on the show. Uh, we're hoping to land a couple of people uh, in the coming weeks as we get towards Countdown to Crazes, which, as you know, at that point, in our minds, the season has started and we are True. off and running. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to this season. It's the first one for John Shire. So there's an air of uh, suspense, uh, unlike one we've had in recent in recent past, because we do have a new coach. We do have a new coaching staff and we have a great crop of new players that we're looking forward to, to watching on the court. 
It's going to be a lot of fun as we get closer to the start of the season. And make sure you go check out that Duke basketball report. Uh, it's an amazing podcast, all things Duke basketball. Those guys have been doing it a really long time. And I make sure that I listen every single time you guys put out a new episode. All right, let's uh, let's move forward. Our last two fill blanks for today. And, and I want to end with confidence here. So I'm going to switch the order for one moment. Confidence is coming, folks. But the most irrationally timid Duke player you've ever seen is blank. This is kind of a fun scenario that you never really think about. But yeah. I'm looking for fill-in-the-blank topics. And this is one that came to mind. The most irrationally timid Duke player you've ever seen is blank. Shavlik Randolph. I think Shavlik Randolph, I, I say this again with all love. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Shavlik Randolph could have been a guy who had his number retired if he played to his full potential, in my opinion. He he didn't, I mean, he came in with, you know, all of the hoopla and all of the hype in the world. He had that, you know, debut game where I believe he set the record for, you know, most points in a debut for a Duke player. Like, he came in and he, and he used to be, he started off as being a walking double-double. And for some reason, like he got the ball and we'd be like, yo, Shad, like you're the man, go for it, go, go to the rim. And this was when I was in school, um, you know, his first two years. So I'm like, yo, Shad, like, go to the hole, you're the man. And for some reason, he just would defer to other players. And, and, is, and again, we had a lot of great players on the team that is understandable. Uh, but with the talent that he had, I thought he could have been one of the guys who had his number in the Raptors if he decided one day to just be like, hey, I'm just going to be Shadwick Randolph and forget everybody else. I'm going to the hole. I'm going to shoot these, you know, these jumpers and I'm going to get get these points. Uh, so I think that's the one. And again, I say that with all love because he was a good player. He ended up in the NBA, uh, had, a, had a you know nice career uh, in the NBA for a few years. But I think he could have been, you know, a guy that we would have talked about as revered. Um, at Duke. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's, I think you've got to go back to sort of that time period. Uh, and maybe I'm totally forgetting about somebody uh, in this moment. I, when Duke made that shift though, towards more of the one and done, you're recruiting more of the top tier talent guys that have been playing against the best their whole lives and it's paid off for Duke. And so I say that Donald to say, I don't know that you've necessarily seen as many timid players during this last decade plus, because why be timid? I've been playing with the best and I've been the best my whole life. So I, I do think that time period is sort of where to go. And Shaflick is the perfect example. I think he is the right answer, honestly, because uh, I'm again, I'm trying to think who else could, could there be? And I, you'd have to go back to really like the nineties, right. Or like the late eighties, there's probably a couple of people that were, were failing to recall. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's, it's, you know, I, I have to focus on the ones that I really watched and, Again, being able to watch Shavlik for two years from, you know, from the front row as in Cameron, um, you were able, like, there's times where I literally could say to him, Shavlik, go to the hole. Um, and so those sort of things where you just kind of know uh, when you saw, like, hey, this dude is a walking bucket. And he just, once the day he realizes it is the day that the rest of the world has a problem. And it just never fully materialized, in my opinion. The absolute best thing about being on YouTube is that we've got this comment section below, and, and I would love feedback from people. Who are we forgetting? The most irrationally timid Duke player you've ever seen is blank. Throw some names out there. Uh, I'd love to see that conversation continue. All right, now we'll talk confidence, uh, which is uh, one of my favorite qualities for anybody to have. But the most irrationally confident Duke player that you've ever seen is blank. It's it's definitely Rashid Suleiman. Um, <laughs> like that man could. I mean, again, 
And the thing was, you have some of these players, and, and this is to go down a, a tangent a little bit, you have some of these players, right, that all they need is one bucket, right, to go in, and then all of a sudden they're just – that's all they're going to do. Like, you know, they know they have that in their bag, and they're going to pull out any opportunity possible. Rashid Suleiman was this guy who would hit a 35-foot three, and then all of a sudden all his threes are from 35 feet because <laughs> that man was like, yo, I hit one, so it's clear I can do it. Um, and, and, again, he would – you know, he could – cross someone over, hit a, you know, a, you know, a long singular two, and then all of a sudden go, yo, that's all I'm taking because I know I got that in my bag. And that was the irrational confidence that he had is like, at times he would just get the ball and he knew, yeah, I can make this shot. But even if it was a cold night, he was still, yo, I'm still going to make this. I'm still going to shoot this shot. So um, it was always funny because a, a lot of people looked at it as a detriment. Um, and it was at times, right? There was times where we're like, yo, gee, you know, there's other great players on this team. You know, you can pass the basketball. It will, it will come back to you. I promise. Um, but there's definitely times where, like, you like it was almost funny. We, he'd hit, like, a three to start the game, and me and my friends would go, oh, here we go. This man's shooting 14 <laughs> threes a day because he hit the first one. Um, and, again, that's, in a way, in a positive way, that's the kind of confidence you want basketball players to have. Um, but you also want it to come in the flow of the offense. Sheets, definitely a great choice. Was anybody else coming to mind for you? Like, does anybody else sort of – provoke that confidence that's a great question um maybe recently like uh dj stewart um again was one. another one who could hit a three that's a really good one trevor keels um yeah. would you know he'd start out by like if he hit something that was going from that um and i think now we talk about the analytics and you know the best shots analytically are you, you know within three feet or a three-pointer and so anyone who decides that they've hit you know one I call Kyle Singler too. The, the twos that are basically between the top of the key and the three point line. Whenever you hit one, you see guys in college basketball all across the board will go, that is my shot. No one can contest me there. And they take a bunch of them when, if they just take one step back, that, that shot is worth three out. points yeah. instead of two. So um, yeah, I, I, I throw everyone who does the Kyler Sing, Kyle Singler too. And I love him to death because he was the only one who could do that with consistency uh, that I've seen in my lifetime. Um, but anyone who decides they're going to hit one and then all of a sudden they just go with that shot, no matter what the offense or the defense shows them, um, that's irrationally confident to me, right? That's the part where we kind of go, Hey, that's great. You can do this, but I need you to dial it back just a notch. I love it. Yeah. No, I, I think Suleiman is the, is the right choice in this one. And, uh, yeah, if obviously, uh, different decisions are made and he's still a part of that championship team. I wonder what other memories we would have. Um, I think too often so many memories are tainted by what happens at the end. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you've got to put yourself back in the mindset of, of watching that guy just going out there and hooping and, and finish his career at Maryland and now playing overseas professional hoops. So um, yeah, good stuff. I love it. I love it. We want people to uh, comment below what they think to a lot of these fill in the blank topics. And uh, Donald, as always, I'm so appreciative of your time. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for helping count down the days, 53 days away from Duke men's basketball, my friend. No, thank you, JJ. Appreciate the work you're doing as always. Keep it up. Um, I know it's a, a, a full-time job essentially to, to do these every single day, uh, but I know your listeners appreciate it and we appreciate it. Thank you so much for that. And thank you again for being on the program. All right, let's uh, get out of here for today here on this Thursday. Coming up tomorrow, Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer will help us get ready for Saturday's football game against North Carolina A&T. And again, help us count down to the start 
of the Duke men's basketball season. Please go support the Duke basketball report. Those DBR guys are great. Jason Evans has done a fill-in-the-blank episode with me before. Find that on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. That support is always tremendous. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Subscribe as always. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and Good day.